allowing yourself to be human and a human that has had a lived experience and a human who may have told her truth over and over and over and been disbelieved, but that did not ever make your truth untrue. Ever. And you get to look at those lived experiences journalistically. You get to look at them. Where is the fact, that hook, the thing that happened? What am I making it mean? What am I hanging on that? And is it serving me? Welcome to the Liminal Zone Alchemist, the podcast for when you're stuck between the patterns of your past and the pull of your purpose. I'm your host, Sally Hardy, and each week I'll be challenging your understanding of what it is to be a human in the modern world. I'll help you free your innate genius from the socialized shadows, reconnect with your inner knowing, and lean into that pull, letting your purpose guide and support you with ease to the impact that only you can make in the world. Okay, get comfy, set your brain to curious, and let's get on with the episode. Hello. I want to talk about the girl who cried wolf. You've heard the story about the boy who cried wolf, right? The guy who pranked the town and said that there was a wolf coming to eat the sheep and he did it three times. And the fourth time there really was a wolf. Nobody believed him. So that's the old story, right? The girl who cried wolf. This is specifically for those of you who don't trust your story, your lived experience, your experience of something that happened to you because other people don't agree with it. And the girl who cried wolf is the girl who tells her truth and nobody believes her. And she tells her truth and nobody believes her. And she tells her truth and nobody believes her. And then she pretends that her truth isn't her truth. And people believe her because they want to, because it's more appealing, because of a thousand different social reasons. If when you were younger, you were chronically disbelieved, if when you were younger, your story of the world, and when I say story, I don't mean that you fabricated it, you imagined it from, you know, nothing. I mean, what your brain and your body made of, understood of, made mean about the things that happened in your life. So if you imagine like there's a hook on the wall, that's the, that's the fact. So um, I fell over, I, uh, I, I broke my leg, I, um, I bought this thing, something that is provable, a fact, is a hook on the wall. And then what your main, what your brain makes it mean, what your body makes it mean, is something that you hang on that hook. So your you fell over and maybe your brain made it mean I'm so clumsy, I always fall over, I feel I feel terrible about myself. There's no way I'm gonna get on that team, everyone's gonna laugh at me. Um now I've got a hole in my trousers, people are gonna think these things like your brain will make that fact mean something. If when we express what our brain and our body make something mean. And sometimes this can be quite significant. And very often it comes with high emotive states. So if we have um, gone through any kind of trauma in our life, if we have reached a place where we feel that we are not cared for by the grown-ups in our life, 
then what our brain and our body makes it mean can often be something that a lot of other people can't relate to. They don't believe us when we say it. So I fell over and I and I hurt myself. That means I'm going to be on the on my own for the rest of my life. No one is ever going to care for me. I'm never going to recover from this. I won't be able to take care of myself. I already can't take care of myself. An extreme version that is true to you if when you express that or even in the previous versions, I fell over, I hurt myself, I believe I'm clumsy. When you express your truth, how your body and your brain understand what's happened to you and people disbelieve you, when that happens repeatedly, you begin to disbelieve you. Particularly when this happens from somebody who has had an element of neglect or trauma or their attachment to their primary caregivers was not one where their self was free and safe to be, which is a lot of us. And I use the girl who cried wolf because while this also happens to people who have testosterone in their bodies, from a socialization perspective, it is more common with people who have estrogen, with those who are socialized as women, that our stories, what our brains and our bodies make it mean, are disbelieved. If you put this forward in life, that you sort of stack up the consequences of this, the consequences of being disbelieved to the point where we disbelieve ourselves, when we reach a crisis point, when we reach a period of big shock, when we reach a period where we wish to change our lives, change the outcome of our lives, and we want to grab a hold of the, the self-command, the control that we have within ourselves, if we're coming from a foundation of disbelieving ourselves or unbelieving, like believing that we are making things up, believing that we are overdramatic, believing that our truth, how we're experiencing something, has no validity because other people have not validated it. And in that early period of life, that's how we know the truth. It's not how we know the truth, but that is how our our preformed prefrontal cortex understands the world is through other people's social models, is through other people telling us like right and wrong, if you like. When that's our foundation and we want to change something in our life, we want to move in a different direction. It's really hard. It's really hard because the one person, the only person really that we ever need on our own side is is us. Because if we believe what we are saying, then we're Teflon. We don't need to prove ourselves to anybody else. When I'm talking about truth, remember that hook. I'm not talking about the truth of a belief in a dogmatic sense. I'm not talking about trying to have your truth or your story, your impression, your experience more important than somebody else's to the world. Like you're in conflict with somebody else's experience. 
And when I say that, I'm thinking politics, religion, you know, sort of a broad stroke of I believe, therefore everybody else should believe. That's not what I'm talking about. This is a really, although I do believe people who have that desire to prove to other people or to make other people believe the same things as them, that they don't actually believe themselves, that that level of 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 brainwashing required to other people is something that that they require in the same way that when we disbelieve ourselves, when we don't have authority in our own truth, belief in our own truth, our own experience as valid, we continually try to prove it to other people or we avoid it, right? We put it in a box. We put it in a, in a box that we attribute to shame. The reason that we attribute it to shame or that we attribute shame to it because shame isn't felt in a singular, shame is a collective thing, is this is wrong. How I felt about this is wrong. The fact that this happened and nobody believed me means it's my fault because nobody else believed me, or I don't feel safe to express this to anybody else, or this shouldn't have happened. This is not the right thing to have happened to a human. Shame is felt in the collective. Shame is felt when your experience, your facts of the world, your beliefs, you believe are going to be disbelieved by others. That's when shame arrives. It's a social stressor that is designed to have us believing the same things as the as the tribe, which back in days of yore, when it's like the tribe says we need to move, we're all moving, that had evolutionary benefit. But now it doesn't because we have a, such a complex social situation. When these tools are used consistently through life to tell somebody that their experience of the world is not accurate, they, I, you, we lose themselves because when you cannot trust your senses, when you cannot trust your experience of the world, when you do not believe yourself, what else is there? What's left is trying to find people who believe something, either that you're telling them that is truth and you continue with a fight, or you give up that fight and you surrender to a pretend world where you're a pretend person that other people do believe. Neither of these allow space for you to be, for your truth, for your experience to be. Neither of these allow you to create a different result in your life because to create a different result in your life, you, you've got to have your own back. When I say have my own back, I mean no matter the outcome of this, whether it is the one that I want or not the one that I want, no matter whether people believe me or not, no matter, no matter what, I trust and love me. Even when I make a big guffaw, even when there's a massive snafu, I believe me. I know my intentions. I know me. I trust 
me. So how do you get back or remember the trust that you have in you, in your body, in your senses, in your experience of the world? When I'm talking about like your experience versus somebody else's experience, again, I'm not talking about lying. I'm not talking about uh, like I've, I've brushed my teeth. Have you brushed your teeth? No. I'm not talking about fabricating something. I am talking about your inner experience of something that has happened in your life, in your world, and the sincerity with which you treat that as an honest experience, whether you share it or whether you don't. The first step to allowing your experience to be true for you, for you to believe it, is to allow it to be there. If you spent a long time not allowing your experience of the world, if you were the girl who cried wolf, who was disbelieved, who was told that she was inaccurate, or anybody in the world that was disbelieved and told that they were inaccurate right from the get-go, you may feel like you don't know what your experience of the world is outside of how other people would experience it, what other people would think. And that's not, that's not true not just from my experience, from a, from a human perspective. I offer you that allowing the space where you ask yourself how you're feeling about something, you may think you don't know. You may think that you're not getting any signs or signals from your body that show you pleasure, displeasure, agreement, disagreement, whether you want to do something or whether you don't. If you cannot access those emotions, the chances are you're activated, your system is heightened, you are worried about something, you are stressed about something, overly stressed about something. And that may very well be because you are asking for your own opinion where you have previously been dismissed or disallowed. And that's very human. That's, nothing has gone wrong here. Allowing for that worry that you can't hear your own voice, the stress that you can't hear your own voice, that sort of other people can, why can't I, that will, that will come up when you have been consistently disbelieved. Allowing space for that to be a human thing and not a you thing, not a character flaw, not a personality trait. Allowing space for that to be will allow your body space to calm into that moment. You can tell it, say, look, this is between you and me. This is not nothing that we're going to share right now. Maybe at some point we will, but right now it's just you and me body. It's you and me brain. What do we think about this? Write it down. That's something that you can rip up if you wish to. You don't need to keep it. Just get these thoughts out of your mind and allow your body to experience whatever it is that you're experiencing. Allowing yourself to have an opinion. Allowing yourself to be a human whose central nervous system responds and reacts to something as a human. 
and allowing that you have had a lived experience that has discouraged you from hearing your opinion, your your body's reaction to something, allowing for all of that is a process of self-love. So when I get asked by my clients, how do I love myself? How do I how do I do that? I'm like, it's it's ongoing. And it's in permission. This is going to be more difficult for somebody who has never had the permission given to them from somebody else, right? Because we have, you know, our, our little brains work in this. If I've seen it, I can do it. Maybe now you're in the zone of I want to do something and I haven't seen it done. I haven't seen it modeled. I haven't seen myself believed by anybody else. Is there somebody that you can talk to? Is there support that you have in your life? Is there somebody on the internet or in Instagram that you can be in the space of? You don't have to have interaction with them, but be in the space of somebody supportive of you experiencing the world exactly as you do, without modification, without saying that you need to be fixed, without any kind of you are imperfect because you are not. You are so exactly perfect. If you want to change your outcomes or the situation that you are in currently, the very first step is hearing yourself, trusting yourself, believing yourself, allowing yourself to have an opinion, whether you share it or not, allowing yourself to be human and a human that has had a lived experience and a human who may have told her truth over and over and over and been disbelieved, but that did not ever make your truth untrue ever. And you get to look at those lived experiences journalistically. You get to look at them. Where is the fact, that hook, the thing that happened? What am I making it mean? What am I hanging on that? And is it serving me? Does it fit with this new outcome that I want? The fact happened. The disbelieved by other people happened. All these things happened. We're not dismissing your lived experience, quite the opposite. Looking at this lived experience as the thing that happened, as your truth, how can you benefit from it now, allowing yourself to have opinions about what happened then now? Emotions about what happened then, now. And what can be pulled through from that experience to now? What strength allowed you to survive in that situation? And one of them I'll offer you because your brain might be like, no strengths. No, 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 no learnings. No, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to go back. It's uncomfortable. Feeling things about that thing is really scary for me. Yeah, I get it. I will offer you a strength that is a universal strength for humans. And that is 
whether you were disbelieved or believed. Your lived experience at a young age will have been carried by your central nervous system, which was online long before your brain was. Everything that your central nervous system offered you, however you responded, reacted to those things that happened in your life, to being disbelieved, your central nervous system wrapped you in love, wrapped you in an ability to survive to the age that you are now, where you get to love your central nervous system back. It may have done things in a way that felt pretty fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> you may not have enjoyed it. You may have felt awful. Your lived experience at that moment may have felt awful. And your central nervous system and the lessons that it gave your brain at that time, whether you were believed or disbelieved, those things that are held within your body enabled you to survive. They gave you strategies. They were fierce acts of love. And that is a strength. Your body is for you. That permission that your central nervous system didn't even require to take care of you is permission that if you need it, I can give you now to take care of your central nervous system. Because while it did a beautiful job and exactly what it was supposed to do, all these years on, it may have picked up a lot of stories along the way, like I am never going to be believed, like my experience was shameful, like I have to hide these things that happen, I have to hide me, I have to hide these parts of me. And those lessons, those socialized lessons that are connected with this activation from your central nervous system that provided an incredible survival strategy when you were younger may not be helping you now. But now, you can appreciate them, you can allow space, you can understand them as a human, having a human biological, neurological, neuroscientific response to the world. And you can see the story of the girl who cried wolf. You can see the story of where you were disbelieved, where you were called a liar, where you were Someone who was told to be quiet about your truth because it, it wasn't convenient for anybody else. Or other people simply didn't, didn't understand that it could have been true. You get to see the lessons that you learned then. Allow space for the lessons that you learned then. And see how you want to take them into your future. Understanding that they were biological, not a character flaw, that they were learned, not a personality trait. You have full permission as a human to heal the wounds of your childhood self, to be the parent to you 
the primary caregiver to you that you didn't have at that point. To believe you. To believe your truth, your experience. And in doing so, you have the ability to change things in your future, if you wish to. If you cannot dream of a future, if you cannot imagine a future that's different, you're activated. That is also a human, a biological, a neurological thing. Allowing yourself space to have your opinion will help settle, will help you to be you will help you to have space to believe you. Allow your experiences. Understand what you learned from the past does not have to be what you take into your future. But the first step is in this believing of yourself, which may seem impossible and I promise you it's not. I promise you it's not because the only doubt that you have in your mind is somebody else's doubt that you have internalized. The only time that you disbelieve your own physical experience is somebody else's disbelief of your experience that you've internalized. It's not your fault and it's not your thing. You get to let it go. You get to let it go. You get to have a future of your choosing. Your past is not your future. When you have intention right here and now to allow yourself and your experience of the world to be true. I believe it to be true. If you, if having somebody outside of you hold space for that is helpful, listen to this again. You have your space here. I am here. I believe you. And in this space, you will come to understand that whether I believe you or not, doesn't matter. It's whether you believe you or not, whether you can allow for your truth or not. That is the most important thing. You are telling the truth to you. You are honest to you. No matter what you show to the world, do in the world, express to the world. You can lie to the world. Crack on. Do. If that's what you want to do, you crack on and do it. But don't lie to you. Don't lie to you. You're much too important. You're much too too important to be lied to by the one person who's always there for you. I love you. I'll see you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope very much that you did, don't forget to hit subscribe so all future episodes get automatically downloaded to your listening platform. And come hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Sally Hardy underscore coach.